Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. We have an exciting announcement today. Clint's in the booth with me and uh, our newest member of Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, Polly Price, is with us. Polly, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Polly is uh, joining us to give us a hand with uh, the, the growing um, assets of our business and, and the growing number of clients. And we're super excited to have her. Um, Clint and I have known her for what, uh, over a year now, right? I'd say it's even longer than that, right? Probably longer than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, she's a very impressive background. And so, um, we, uh, jumped at the chance to be able to add her to the team. So, uh, Polly, just to start, why don't you give everybody a little bit of a, a background of yourself and, uh, why you wanted to join our firm? Sure. Um, so like Nate, my name is Polly Price. Um, I am originally from Madison, Wisconsin. I grew up um, in the Spring Harbor area and um, went to public schools here. I and or attended University of Wisconsin Madison for college, um, where I graduated and um, decided to move to Chicago because I really wanted to work in museums. Um, I got an internship at the Field Museum. Ooh. Yeah, which wow. is their natural history museum. If you that's highbrow, been. right? As far as uh, <laughs> is that's concerned, right? Uh, I mean, be. I love um, the Field Museum, and I we went there probably once a year, growing up every year, and that was like the one museum that I wanted to work at the most in Chicago. Wow. So that landing that internship was pretty important for me. So that was really great. But I I um, took a the internship was in their institutional advancement, their um, development department. And I didn't really know what that fundraising was like a professional career that you could get into. So um, I learned a lot in the like nine months that I worked there. Um, and then I actually took a full-time job at Lincoln Park Zoo, which is Chicago's free zoo. And it's right in the heart of the city in, in Lincoln Park. And it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I worked there for about three years working board relations and, um, working a lot of fundraising events, and that was a really wonderful experience. Um, and then I ended up changing jobs and moving to, um, me and my, my uh, boyfriend at the time moved to Evanston, Illinois, and I started working for uh, the Rotary Foundation, um, so, which is the fundraising charitable arm of Rotary International. And I worked there for about three years um, in their um, donor relations team. So um, again, a lot of events, this time not fundraising, more so stewardship events. And um, that was a really great experience. Um, working with a lot of their international donors was uh, very inspirational in a lot of ways because people come from all different backgrounds and, you know, they get their wealth in different ways all over the world. And how they give back is just so, you know, it was just so meaningful and, and you that organization makes impacts in so many different ways around the world. So that was a really great learning experience for me. Um, but then my then husband um, and I decided to... Bobby Price. Bobby Price, yep. Um, <laughs> decided to move back to Wisconsin, where I'm from originally, um, because we knew, you know, eventually we want to start a family. And I ended up working for PBS Wisconsin. So I worked for their plan giving team um, which is me and my boss. And that was an absolute wonderful experience, you know, working with donors around the state of Wisconsin. It felt, you know, like a great 
heartwarming experience for a while. Um, and then COVID hit and we've been working remotely for the past year. Um, and that kind of got me into uh, wanting to work or wanting to go down the financial advisor path, which was something that I had um, thought about for a long time. I met with Unate about March of 2019, just mm -hmm. right before COVID happened. And you were very helpful in giving me a lot of guidance and um, kind of gearing me towards the right path. So I kind of took a lot of that advice to heart over the past year. And um, here I am now. So did you uh, have a background in sort of the nonprofit space as far as what you studied in college at all? No. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. That's, yeah. I'm, a lot of the times I feel like when you talk to people who work in charitable giving um, organizations, not a lot of people have that background. A lot of people come from, you know, they might have law degrees or English majors or whatnot. Um yeah, I, I majored in history and in environmental studies, um, which has kind of helped me gear towards the, uh, the field museum that, for that reason. I wanted to be like a, um, I wanted to be the director of a museum or something like that uh, at some point in time. I mean, obviously my plans changed, but um, yeah, I did not have that background. I think a lot of people just kind of like fall into it. Um, so. It's an interesting uh, parallel because there's a lot of people in our industry, uh, financial planning, that didn't start here. You know, Mitch has an engineering degree, and um, well, Keith, Keith taught. Yeah, he's a professor. Oh, uh, yeah, he has a PhD in in literature, and um, John it, it, was in medical sales. Yeah, right uh, beforehand. Yep. Uh, you know, just uh, Stan uh, was a lawyer for yes. a while. Yep. Um, I think the the only people that had kind of applicable experience are are you and I and Sill. You know, Sill was right. a private banker, but aside from that, I mean, I, I'd say more come from outside the industry than inside the industry, and I think that it helps them from the standpoint of being able to look at things in different ways. I mean, having yeah. a more liberal arts background, I think, gives you a way of looking at problems in a different way. Whereas, you know, I mean, we work really well together, Nate, obviously, but it's one of those situations where we look at things very linearly very much in a linear way, um, whereas somebody else might look at it from a different angle or maybe understand uh, more of the emotional intelligence around something where we might have liner's eye on, right. you know, in that sort of situation. I think it's helped the firm a lot. I'm, I'm glad that we don't just have kind of straight, narrow, you know, business trained, business thinking, business people. I think it's, it's, it's great that we don't have that because... Um, we get presented with different scenarios every day of people saying, I need this or I need that, or here's a challenge that I run into. And so uh, the solution to those problems, um, it's in a lot of ways not as business oriented as people would think. It, it requires that kind of creative, like, well, how can we do this in a way that, um, you know, maybe somebody hasn't thought about yet. That's exactly right. It's interesting in that way. And I think from, uh, Polly's perspective too, getting being in uh, charitable giving so long and understanding the different facets there, I think there's a lot of parallels between that and financial advising. And yeah, then also, sure. you know, how these people came about gathering their assets. You know, some of them were legacy assets where they just, you know, they had a pile of money and they just kept it going. And, you know, they did a good job of managing their own money that way. Some of them just had uh, businesses that I'm sure that they developed or careers that, where they saved for a long period of time and then just invested and invested and then they ended up with a pile of money there. 
And, uh, you know, others could just be that they won the lottery or whatever. There could be all different ways that they could uh, be able to have the means to give these gifts. Um, Was there any sort of personality type or any sort of manner that they made their money that stood out to you that was uh, pretty parallel across the people that you work with? It's interesting because I think that my decision to um, go in when I worked at PBS Wisconsin, my decision to work specifically in their plan giving team, I kind of found that those folks had kind of the same philosophies and um, especially in Wisconsin, you know, it's kind of like the millionaire next door idea where you, you know, people would leave these, you know, incredible gifts to the organization when, you know, nobody would have thought that, that, you know, those, that person had had that amount of wealth. Um, Just that kind of humbleness that goes with, I think, I think a lot of people from Wisconsin kind of have that um, within them. It's interesting because, I mean, I've seen donors from all over the world. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of people, regardless of how they got their wealth, they just know that it's just the right thing to do is to leave, you know, either whether it's within their lifetime or um, posthumously, you know, to leave something to make the world a better place. I think, you know, they have that about them. I don't know. I mean, it runs the gamut about or what type of line of work they're in or anything, you know, or like you said, if it's a legacy that they're just continuing their, you know, it's family wealth. Um, I think just that feeling of, you know, it's the right thing to do. Everyone kind of has their own little variation of that sentiment within them, at least as far as I've (laughs) seen. So what specifically intrigued you or interested you in the world of financial planning? I know when I left mortgages, I knew I knew why I wanted to leave that. It's just, just too redundant. I didn't like that everything. I mean, every finance felt the same, and so it just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing over and over and over again. So, what what specifically about our industry made you look at what you were doing and saying, uh, "I think I'd rather be on that side." It's a great question. In my last job, working specifically in plan giving and seeing kind of the end of life planning and how that plays out and how. Imp- incredibly important it is. Um, combining, you know, that education that I had the past couple of years with just per, a personal in, interest in personal finance um, throughout the past, you know, 10 years since graduating college, essentially, when you realize, all, you know, everything that you have to learn really fast. Um, so a combination of those two things and specific to financial advising, just, uh, you know, working in nonprofits for so long is, you know, it's great. You, you, the mission statements are clear in each organization that you work for. And you can see a lot of the benefits of the organization play out in real time. Um, and I think that a lot of that carries over to financial advising and how important it is to each of our clients of how, you know, how your money is managed and how you can take that and make a difference in your own specific ways. Um, you know, you're working with donors or clients, it's kind of the same idea, um, you have that responsibility to them in the same way as you need to, you know, honor their wishes and intents and, and, you know, help them make a better world, whether it's, you know, externally or internally. And then I think too, you've also over the last 10 years seen a significant change in the way that some of these charitable gifts are treated Mm -hmm. from a tax perspective. There's always different ways that you can, um, 
you know, try to find a way to make it as efficient a gift as possible. And sometimes you have to be more creative and sometimes it's a little more straightforward. And so it all kinds of kind of depends on what the initiatives of the government and how much revenue they want to generate for themselves and how much they're going to allow the benefits of the charitable giving to happen. So you've seen a lot of change over the last 10 years, actually. Oh, absolutely. And how that changes, you know, end of year giving, especially too. you know, I was never really in a position that like end of year giving was, was huge. I didn't really work in, um, you know, annual or or major gifts, but uh, it definitely makes a difference each year. So when you're not working for uh, the charitable giving side or working for us, what do you, what do you and Bobby like to do? Well, that uh, significantly changed in the past two months because we just had our first daughter, um, our first kid um, in February. So our little Hadley was born on February 20th, um, and she's definitely been our number one (laughs) in the past 10 weeks. Number one, two, and three. Yes, 100%. (laughs) We have a dog who very quickly became number, well, three, four, whatever. Um, You know, he's good. Um, so she's, you know, our biggest hobby, (laughs) put it that way. Um, but other than that, I mean, you guys know my husband through golf, so that's how he spends a lot of his time and would like me to get into it also, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm a big runner. I really like running. Uh, Madison's a great city for it. So trying to get back into that now, um, we have a lot of friends and family in the area, and, you know, as soon as we can get back to seeing live concerts, we'll, you know, hopefully be able to go to some live shows in the area. Um, that's a big thing for us, too. Is there a certain venue that you really like? Well, Nate and I were talking yesterday. She's um, never been to the Sylvie. Never been oh. to the Sylvie, no. Um, There'll be a sponsored Walkner Condon. Yeah. Best venue, I think, in the Midwest. Yeah, it'll be a required I really, event. I really think it. I'm a big really uh, outdoor amphitheater person. Okay, there so you go. So I'm partial yeah. to like Alpine Valley. But um, no, we're going to a concert in North Lily Island, which is a, it's a fine venue in Chicago. It's a cool mm-hmm. backdrop, but... Yeah. Um, it's tough to get there. Yeah, it's weird to get it's a there. It's to get there, but um, it's cool once you're there, though. Yeah, and we've been to the Gorge in Washington State a couple times, and that's, I mean, I haven't been to Red Rocks, but the Gorge is, like, definitely the best music venue I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So you like the, the big music venues outdoors, that sort of thing, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Come I on, spill you. your secret. Oh, uh, well, Nate's going to make me tell it now. Uh, we're a big Dave Matthews Band fans. Ah, so we've, I got you. I'm, I've. You know, I don't know if you count like a two night stand as one show. One that's show two shows. Two. That's, that's two, two shows. shows. All right, so I've been to forty plus there you shows. Go. Wow. There you go. Yep. As How many t shirts do you have then of Dave Matthews? I've band? never purchased a t shirt myself. That's, no, I'm oh. not like. Yeah, I don't like purchase the memorabilia. We I have like that posters. You're kind of like embarrassed that you're a Dave Matthews. Well, I feel like because <laughs> I feel like people either look at it like, oh, that's cool, and like don't really care, or they judge you. <laughs> it's not like you follow like. Blues Travelers, kind of exactly, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, Although I don't mind them, uh, but you know, uh, yeah, I think it's super cool. But Nate got me into like concert T-shirt yeah, buying sure. thing. Like yeah. he always bought them, and I was kind of like, prerequisite when you go to show. And then, yep. and then Courtney started making me buy her, the, and then I had to get one myself. So now I got oh, a whole yeah. bunch of concert. We buy t-shirts. posters. There you go. Ah, They're yeah. like a. It's. I mean, because they, they have a unique poster for each show, and yep. they only have a limited amount, so yep. you can kind of like. You, you know, people buy and sell them too. You can make money off of them. We've never done that, but I know, you know, people do that. So you got to yeah. do the, you got to carry the tube and everything. Exactly. Yeah. The, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. think I, I've 
made my husband do that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I like, I like the Sylvie because it's, it's small and quaint and the stage is really wide. So you can get out to the outsides, but still be really close. Mm-hmm. And the sounds just phenomenal. I mean, they've mm-hmm. done everything they can to make the acoustics good. And then just, service there if you ever want to go up and get a drink or anything they have the same thing applied really to the bar the bar is super wide so they staff it really well so that you can get in and out really well and the bathrooms are actually clean and you know it's just a really nice venue um to watch show that and, great, and then i've never sat up in the seats have you mm-hmm. so how, what do you think the first seat? time uh we went to see uh avid brothers yeah it's a great option if you're with people that don't love the idea of like the floor or if you yeah. get people that are a little like you know, claustrophobic or kind of in big crowds. They don't, they don't really like that. It's a, it's perfect because or short or short, yeah. you know, they, they get, you know, my wife has watched plenty of concerts at the back of somebody's head. Um, yeah, no, the seats are a great option for that for sure. Cause it's, it's just so much more comfortable. Yeah, you for know? sure. It's, so if you want just that kind of atmosphere, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I would definitely recommend it for, and it depends on the kind of band too. You know, if it's more of a, yeah, I mean, relaxing you're going to see band. a, a B level national act. You're not going to see an A level national exactly. act because it's just too. They right. just can't get enough people into right. it. But right. it's it's wonderful for up right. and coming artists. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the show at Bree Stevens? No, I haven't been. We I had tickets to Counting well. Crows a couple of years ago, and then last minute they con- they canceled the show because of weather or something. Yeah, I heard about that so. one. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to see Little Big Town this year, and then they canceled too because hmm. that's supposed to be part of the AmFam golf tournament. Oh, right. Yeah, that's and right. They, they always tie a concert to that. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Well, so, yeah, they just, I don't know. They need to find the wherewithal to be able to get people inside together now and or outside it's, together and just get it. I mean, that's cool it. now that Madison has those options, and, and uh, it's awesome that you love music like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so what do you see? I mean, you know, obviously you're excited about being in this industry and that, but, I mean, what what – when you look at like the next couple of years, I mean, what really kind of gets you excited about, about this new path that you're on in your life? I think the biggest thing I'm, thing I'm looking forward to honestly is the education piece Sure, is, you know, consistently and every day learning something new and, you know, it's, it'll be a challenge to me because I don't have the, you know, like I said, I was a history and environmental studies major. Um, so it'll be, you know, that'll be a challenge, but one that I'm, I've very much been looking forward to and being here is just, you know, will be such a great opportunity to keep, you know, putting all the pieces together. Yeah. It's probably safe to say that our culture is a little bit different than the nonprofit. <laughs> She's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> She's you know, if we have a fun like time in the office. 12 hours. And, <laughs> it's been yeah. a quick eye opening experience. I'm Should sure we give her like a quick, like five question history quiz to see how she does? See if she can pass this. What's that? I don't know. But, uh, oh, uh, the assassination of who was attributed to the start of World War One? Franz Ferdinand. Oh, my God, she got it right. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's very there good. That is very good. good. I don't know if I got to. Della, tell us uh, one fact that you learned from your uh, museum internship. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a good one. Um, just kind of like a behind-the-scenes and I could be butchering this, so I really apologize to any of the staff. Oh, the Fields Museum is coming now. back on her for yeah. sure. She's got a good <laughs> cease and desist letter. Yeah. They're going to pull that as she was not an intern for us. <laughs> we resent. Yeah. Um, it's just the amount of um, extra space that they have at the Field Museum of just like storage space and all of the amazing artifacts that are there. I never actually got to see like the giant storage space that's like kind of underneath the field museum is what I was told. 
So maybe it, it you know, it's all about, um, but just, you know, the amount of like classrooms and stuff and just like really cool spaces that they have for education and research um, and, you know, world renowned scientists that, you know, are in and out of there that are, I think that was one of the really cool mm-hmm. pieces. Um, for more like private viewing sort of stuff where they would go down yes, there and like behind, analyze it. And, yep. Yeah. And, you know, for all the donors, they would do behind the scenes tours and, you know, get to see those spaces. That was really cool. There's also apparently a nap spot in the field museum where staff would go nap. It's like a recliner chair, just like hidden somewhere in the museum. <laughs> so anyone ever finds it, you might find a staff it's like member a thousand napping years old. There. Nobody knew about it. They yeah. just thought it was a recliner. <laughs> <laughs> Can't sit on that. Yep. Uh, all right, well, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you want to let the people know about yourself and you start with Walkner Condon? Oh gosh. Putting you on the spot now. Yeah. Not that I can think of. I don't know if anyone knows this, but they have, well, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but they have really great windows here in this room that I'm, <laughs> um, and as a former bird watcher, it's very, it can be very distracting. So, especially cause we're right by the Arboretum. So you get all the good, the good migrating birds here. Do you have a favorite bird? Favorite bird bird while you um, think i mean mine's just a straight up cardinal it's just yeah. cardinals pretty all legit. those you it see all over, all over the place i wonder um, if the cardinal to bird watchers is kind of like yeah the, is, so is like it like a, the like the hummer truck where it's just kind of gaudy <laughs> and it's just like it's big fun. red thing you know i think they're beautiful birds but it depends you know, it depends where you are, are good too. yeah um here in the midwest i really like the cedar waxwing they really have like they're kind of like a palish taupe brown color but they have like little yellow spots and tiny little red spots on them that and they're just really cute i also like the um the ruddy duck really <laughs> cute little duck that has like a blue tail that sticks straight up in the air so a couple of your our listeners might know what i'm talking about you know what my my wife would call those finches because any bird she can't identify as a finch that's just we have it's small for sure yeah, yeah she's so like that's just a yep she just calls it a house finch and i'm like so, i don't think that's right <laughs> or whatever color it is oh that's the red finch <laughs> so quick story about that because there's a bird called the house sparrow which is like one of the most common birds you'll see and i'll show you guys one eventually and be like that's a house sparrow and i've said that to my husband multiple times but anytime he sees that bird now wherever we are he'll call it like oh, that's a bar sparrow or like that's an airport sparrow because it's like <laughs> the first time we saw it, we were probably at our house. <laughs> and now it's just... So he just associates wherever you yeah. are is that's the kind of yep. sparrow it is? Parking lot sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. How long did he have to do that before it really started to bother you? I think it's I think it's funny still. <laughs> hey, he like, he'll pay attention to birds now and I'm like, well, you know, I have to listen to your golf stories. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for taking the time with us today. You'll be hearing a lot more, I'm sure, in the future from Polly. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Condon Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. 
Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercontinent.com. Oh,